Pastor Xavier Reese with the reason for thanksgiving in all things on today's Simple Truths. In everything we're to give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. If I'm a Christian walking in obedience and there's nothing that can come into my life that God has not permitted or allowed in which he will not enable me to overcome victoriously. Victory is that I go through it giving him glory and I draw from his strength and I come out more like him than me. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We continue a verse-by-verse Simple Truths study today of the book of Philemon, the briefest of Paul's letters, but a model of courtesy, discretion, and loving concern for the forgiveness of one who would otherwise face the sentence of death. But today, Pastor Xavier continues to examine the first component described as a prayer of thanksgiving. Let's listen. Paul, having opened up his letter to Philemon with a loving greeting, he moves on to express his prayerful appreciation of Philemon's loving example as a Christian. And it's characterized by the following. Let me read here verse 4 through 7 first. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. This is what his prayerful appreciation is characterized by. First of all, the prayer of thanksgiving regarding the example of Philemon in verse 4 and 5. Then secondly, the purpose of the prayer regarding the example of Philemon in verse 6. And in verse 7, the personal pleasure over the example of Philemon is given to us. The prayer of thanksgiving regarding the example of Philemon comes first. Verse 4, notice the prayer was declared to God the Father. The apostles' response is to God. A personal response, I thank. The personal pronoun, I, is used by Paul, indicating here that he needs no intercessor to go before him. He has a personal relationship. As you know, in the Old Testament, you had to offer a sacrifice. The priest had to go before you. That has all been removed by the work of Jesus Christ. Isn't it great that every one of us can go before the Lord any time? We can speak to him, to praise him, to thank him, to make our petitions. The personal gratitude, notice, was one of thanks and is emphatic being in the beginning of the sentence. You might say, um, can you go get my car, Mary? But when you say, Mary, can you go get my car? It's emphatic. It's put at the beginning. And the word thanks simply means to be grateful and appreciative. 
We get our word Eucharist for the Lord's Supper from it. And the Lord's Supper is to be a reflection of thanksgiving. We're to look and appreciate what God has done through his son, the sacrifice he, he made, the effect that it had upon our lives in terms of benefit. The apostle understood that anything and all that is commendable and good in the believer or the church is always due to God. You see, it's so easy to forget and start being grateful to men or to women rather than being grateful to God for the men and the women who he is working through. We understand it, we hear it, we read it, we teach it, but people get away from it. And it becomes a problem for both the one that's being exalted and the one who is exalting because no longer is the Lord that's the focus of the work. The apostle's relationship to God was intimate. He says, my God, indicating possession, privilege. Not one of many gods of the pagans, but the one and true God, the creator, the redeemer of mankind. Notice the apostle Paul came into this personal relationship book of Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus he was enemy number one against Christianity persecuted the church and Christians and he was transformed and he says what would you have your servant to do Lord I made all the difference in the world and sometimes we look at people's lives and you wonder why why don't they want to change. Their life is so messed up, they're so miserable, and everybody else around them. <laughs> but it's the heart that's the problem. The God of this world blinds people to the light of the gospel, uses many different things. Now notice the prayer was described as constant for Philemon making mention of you always in my prayers. The Apostle Paul was always thanking God for Philemon, is what the text says. The word always means at all times that he prayed, not that he was constantly praying. Now, some join the word always to the petition. But he thanked God always about Philemon. That's what he's saying. He so appreciated this man. This man was such a benevolent man as we'll see that all he could do was thank God for him. The phrase make mention is in the present tense, confirming that he was doing what he had done in the past. He's continuing to do. Consistency is hard to find in people. <laughs> Everybody starts out good. If you've ever been at a job where you have new people that are employed, boy, they are hustlers. And they soon start winding down. Sometimes by the end of the day, sometimes by the end of the week, month, or whatever. 
Notice that the, Paul was a man of prayer then. He says, in my prayers. The word prayer there is used for prayer in general, but it's always used of God, never of man. There are other words used for prayer in the scriptures. Supplication, intercession, giving of thanks, as already mentioned here at the beginning. And it all depends our need. But whenever we come before God, we should always we begin with adoration and thanksgiving. Not simply just barge in and give our list and run out. Recognizing who we're coming before. The idea behind it is that of worship and reverence here. In fact, that same word is used in Matthew 21, 13. Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Acts 1, 14, they continued in one accord in prayer. Same word to God. Now, notice verse 5. The prayer was due to Philemon's witness as a Christian. Hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. The man Philemon was devoted to the Lord Jesus. The apostle Paul was constantly hearing about being a doer of the word. The word hearing is in a present participle, continual endurative. The man was unstoppable. There are some people who get born again and, and they never stop. They get up and they're running. <laughs> There's others that get up and man, they take off. But then you go around the block and they're sitting down. Oh, they've slowed down. Philemon was a, a go-getter like that ever-ready bunny. The apostle certainly heard some of this information from Onesimus, who was with Paul there in Rome, but also by Epaphras, who went there to tell him about the problem at Colossae. And Paul knew Philemon already, and I'm sure that others spoke of his witness to him. What a great reputation he had. Now, the particulars Paul was hearing was about his love and faith towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. Some see the order of this verse in a chiastic form from the letter in the Greek chi, the X, meaning that the sentence is created in a crisscross balance as it is in Hebrew poetry. That the word love is really, you put the sentence in two, and, and as it, it puts right here, let me back up to it, hearing of your love and of your faith, and then the next sentence would read, which you have towards the Lord, and the love would be pointing crisscross to the Lord, and then it would finish with saints, and so love would go to saints, and faith would go to the Lord. And that's what's called a chiastic form in Hebrew poetry. Others see both love and faith referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lenski, the scholar, says that the fact that 
the word your is placed before the noun love, it is to be applied to both love and faith being a relative clause. Lenski further points out that the use of two different Greek words for the word towards in our text here in this verse make it clear that towards the Lord refers to Philemon's faith and towards all the saints to Philemon's love because two different prepositions are used for the word towards in the Greek. In the English, they're the same. And so you have those two school of thoughts. I think they accomplish the same thing, but probably Lenski's a little closer because of the relative clause. Take your choice. The man was a witness, loving, exercising his faith. That's the bottom line. Let's not get so academic that we miss the point. (laughs) The man Philemon was living out his faith and devotion to the Lord Jesus. The word Taurus here is prose, which means regarding to or for Jesus. In fact, the word prose could be translated facing, indicating before him. He's living out his face before the Lord. He knows he sees him. He is the real thing. That's the implication here. He lived out his life of fidelity to and for Jesus, the Savior, denying and withholding nothing. The man Philemon was manifesting also his love and devotion to the family of God. His devotion to Jesus was a carryover to the children of God. The vertical axis, once again, is the key. My faith towards God. My love towards God. If it is genuine, then it will be extended to those on earth. In the context here, primarily first to the family of God. Certainly to the sinner, we extend our love by preaching the gospel and attempting to communicate salvation and praying for them. But the context here is to the believer. And so Philemon displayed his love to all the saints. The benevolence of Philemon was not an occasional uh, time, but rather one of practice and widely spread. Again, here the word towards is different from the previous one. It means among, for, or on the saints, those who've been set apart. The root word for set apart, holy, sanctification, sanctified, saints. The parable of the Good Samaritan exposed the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees by not being doers of the word of God. Philemon was not like that. And that's always the problem with our Christianity is what we hear, what we learn, and what we say, and what we do. Now, no one is perfect, and certainly no one hits 100 out of 100. But we certainly 
come close to it as Christians. We have the ability, the potential. And when we miss, we have the Lord for the defense. He is gracious. He is ever-present. But it's not the way we used to live. That's the important thing. What an incredible privilege we have to be one with God by a personal and intimate relationship. It begins by repenting from sin, by trusting the atoning work of Jesus Christ finished on the cross, by having our sins forgiven and be made new creatures in Christ Jesus, able to have access to the Father as his children in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of um, Thomas when Jesus appeared to him. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, not your, but mine. That is the identification of a Christian, one who knows God intimately and personally, one who possesses God, and one who is the possession of God. All of us should give thanks to God then for those Christians who demonstrate their love for Jesus by their lifestyle, those who know the word and take time to study the word. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. Those who are involved in ministry as instruments of God, those who get here early in the morning to prepare for Sunday, those who clean up the parking lot, those who prepare the restrooms, and on and on and on. It's amazing how God just puts this church together. Certainly no man would ever run a corporation the way the Lord runs his church. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to do it. Those who are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ from day to day. You see them born again and you see the progress, and you see the transition, and you see them mature, and you see them develop, and you're just in awe of them, and you rejoice at the same time. There should never be any envy or jealousy, nothing but rejoicing. Those who count and pay the price for their faith through family, friends, at a job, whatever it may be. We should have great admiration for them, those who are being killed for the gospel throughout the world. Job says, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him, Job 13, 15. Words that each of us have to consider and may one day have to live out. No one knows. In everything, we're to give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. If I'm a Christian walking in obedience, then there's nothing that can come into my life that God has not permitted or allowed, in which he will not enable me to overcome victoriously. But I have to be careful that I don't conclude the victory the way I think it should finish. <laughs> Victory is that I go through it giving him glory and I draw from his strength and I come out more like him than me. It has nothing to do with the circumstance or situation. 
It has to do all with me. Equally, all of us should give thanks to God for those Christians who demonstrate their love for Jesus by their loving help to those in need. It's an amazing thing in the body of Christ. There's so many needs, and God seems to meet those needs through obedient saints. When God's in control, things get taken care of. When man attempts to be in control, he messes things up. The motive behind the help should always be God's agape love. Nothing but that. The act of helping should come from the prompting of the Lord, not people. This is a big problem in the church. Sometimes churches are just like, you know, advertising companies. And people are burdened down with all kinds of things. You want to make sure that God is prompting you to help that individual. Not somebody laying the heavy trip on you. Sometimes um, some of you call here and say, you know, I've got this neighbor and they need some food and stuff like that. We're wondering, well, great. Lord wants to use you. Take him some food. He wants to use you. He wants to see your obedience. We're not here to organize clothes and food, though we have it and we do it. But we just allow the Spirit of God to deal with our hearts and to do the work that only He can do effectively. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of the church. The help or assistance should be done without bringing attention to oneself or making the person uncomfortable or to feel indebted. People love that. God's going to lead you to help somebody. Don't walk up to them when they're talking to five people. Say, you know, the Lord told me to give you $10. Do it in such a way where you don't make them uncomfortable. Do it in such a way that they don't even know you're doing it. You understand? (laughs) Be an undercover agent for God. What you do in secret will be rewarded openly. What you do to be seen will not even be seen. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Matthew 6, 1. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. James 3.13. I love it. Because that's what the Lord has done for all of us, one way or the other. And this way the Lord gets the glory, as we'll see. This is His goal in this text. And I become sensitive to the voice of God. I become more like Him. And that person has received their answer to their prayer. Bodies that are fine. You understand? The prayer of thanksgiving regarded the example of Philemon's love and faith as a witness. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing many simple truths today from Paul's prayer of thanksgiving for Philemon. Now, there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply Paul's Thankfulness for Philemon. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Paul's Thankfulness for Philemon. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 